0: 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 1, And the king sent, and they gathered unto him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem. Josiah is gathering all of the leaders because he wants to make reform, reformation, which means he wants Israel to repent of their sins. 2 And the king went up to the house of the Lord, meaning the temple, and all the men of Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him, and the priests, and the prophets, and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant which was found in the house of the Lord. The king himself read to all of Jerusalem what the law was, so that they would all know how much they had already sinned. 3 And the king stood on the platform, and made a covenant before the Lord, to walk after the Lord, and to keep his commandments, and his testimonies, and his statutes, with all his heart and all his soul, to confirm the words of this covenant that were written in this book, and all the people stood to the covenant. The king made a covenant, setting the example for all of the other Jerusalemites, that he himself would obey all the words in the law. For, and the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest, and the priests of the second order, and the keepers of the door, to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for Baal, and for the Asherah, and for all the host of heaven. And he turned them, without Jerusalem, in the fields of Kidron, and carried the ashes of them unto Bethel. Bethel is a holy place. He's bringing to the holy place of the Lord the ashes of the pagan altars, thereby desecrating the pagan altars, He's cleaning the temple out. Your soul is a temple unto the Lord. When you become saved, you need to clean it out of all the filth and junk that's in there. We have to sometimes end relationships, maybe even end a career. We might have to make amends with other people who we've harmed. We might have to restore what we've taken from people. And that's how we clean out our own temple. 5 And he put down the idolatrous priests, whom the king of Judah had ordained to offer in the high places in the cities of Judah, and in the places round about Jerusalem. Them also that offered unto Baal, to the sun, and to the moon, and to the constellations, and to all the host of heaven. Anybody who worships stars or practices divination, that's witchcraft and it's evil. 6 And he brought out the Asherah from the house of the Lord without Jerusalem. He hauled it to the outskirts of Jerusalem unto the brook Kidron, and burned it at the brook Kidron, and stamped it small to powder, and cast the powder thereof upon the graves of the common people. He is desecrating the Asherah pole. 7. And he broke down the houses of the Sodomites that were in the house of the Lord, where the woman wore coverings for the Asherah. They had temple prostitution, like all the pagans did. That includes sodomy. They had men and or women practicing sodomy for a price in the temple. This is for fertility purposes, but it's completely demonic. You know, that's the origins of prostitution, pagan fertility rites. 8. And he brought all the priests out of the cities of Judah, and defiled the high places where the priests had made offerings, from Geba to Beersheba. And he broke down the high places of the gates that were at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were on a man's left hand as he entered the gate of the city. As you entered the gate of Jerusalem, there were pagan altars on your left, and they belonged to the governor of Jerusalem. Josiah is really cleaning house well. He's doing a very good job. The high places are the mounds that they built to put their pagan altars on, and there's mounds all over the world that were built by pagans. 9. Nevertheless, the priests of the high places came not up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they did eat unleavened bread among their brethren. This means that the priests who had previously defiled the temple with pagan sacrifices were no longer allowed to do the sacrifices to the Lord, but they were allowed to eat from the sacrifices so that they wouldn't starve to death. 10. And he defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, that no man might make his son or daughter or his daughter to pass through the fire to Molech. There's a valley, it goes in a southerly direction, and it was called Topheth, and it was synonymous with hell. The name Topheth is synonymous with hell in the Bible, because it was hell for everyone who went there, because they would be killed by walking through the fire. And this is children, they would make their own children do this. 11. And he took away the horses that the kings of Judah had given to the sun at the entrance of the house of the Lord, by the chamber of Nethanmelech, the officer, which was in the precincts, and he burned the chariots of the sun with fire. These horses had been dedicated to the sun god, so he did away with the horses, but he didn't kill them, but he did burn the chariots that were dedicated to the sun god. Twelve, and the altars that were on the roof of the upper chamber of Ahaz, which the kings of Judah had made, and the altars which Manasseh had made in the two courts of the house of the Lord, did the king break down, and beat them down from thence, and cast the dust of them into the brook Kidron. There's something about beating an object into dust that means that it's desecrated. That's why Moses beat the golden calves that the children of Israel worshipped in the desert, and he scattered them in the water for the Israelites to drink to be reminded of their own sin. Now Josiah is doing the same thing. He is putting the dust of pagan altars into the brook Kidron for the Israelites to drink to be reminded of their own sin. And when they drink it, it's going to come out as urine or poop. And that's what it's just as good as. A pagan altar is as good as poop. 13. And the high places that were before Jerusalem, which were on the right hand of the Mount of Corruption, which Solomon the king of Israel had builded for Ashtoreth, the detestation of the Zidonians, and for Chemoth, the detestation of Moab, and for Milcom, the abomination of the children of Ammon, did the king defile. Solomon started out being a good king, but then he turned to all kinds of paganism because of his pagan wives who influenced him. Now King Josiah is demolishing the pagan altars that King Solomon had put up. These altars had been up going back to Solomon's time, which is going back about 16 generations. 14. And he broke in pieces the pillars, and cut down the asherim, and filled their places with the bones of men. That's another way of defiling them, by taking the bones of men out of sepulchres and putting them in the ashes of the altars. 15. Moreover, the altar that was at Bethel, and the high place which Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who made Israel to sin, had made, even that altar in the high place he broke down, and he burned the high place, and stamped it small to powder, and burned the asherah. Asherah poles were usually made of wood, so they were easy to burn. He is stamping down an altar into dust to show that it is worthless. This is talking about Jeroboam I, who was an exceedingly evil king of Israel. 16 And as Josiah turned himself, meaning as he turned around, he spied the sepulchers that were there in the mount, and he sent and took the bones out of the sepulchers, and burned them upon the altar, and defiled it, according to the word of the Lord, which the man of God proclaimed, who proclaimed these things, that there was a prophecy that these altars would be defiled by the bones of men. And now that prophecy has come true because Josiah has done that very thing. 17 Then he said, What monument is that which I see? Josiah is actually inspecting this area where King Solomon had put up a bunch of pagan altars. And every time he sees something new that's pagan, he tears it down. His eyes are open and he's looking for evil because he wants to obliterate it. That's what you and I need to do. We need to be looking for evil in our lives so that we can obliterate it. And the men of the city told him, It is the sepulcher of the man of God who came from Judah and proclaimed these things that thou hast done against the altar of Bethel. The man of God who prophesied that all of this would happen I believe that's the same man who was eaten by a lion later because he disobeyed the Lord. 18 And he said, Let him be, let no man move his bones. So they let his bones alone with the bones of the prophet that came out of Samaria. The prophet who fooled him so that he ended up getting eaten by a lion, that prophet also was buried with him. They were buried together. And neither of those prophets are named in the Bible. But Josiah has ordered that none of their bones be armed, because they were prophets of the Lord, even though they both sinned. 19. And all the houses also of the high places that were in the cities of Samaria, which the kings of Israel had made to provoke the Lord, Josiah took away and did to them according to all the acts that he had done in Bethel. Josiah wanted Israel and Judah to become one kingdom again, but he never achieved that. 20 And he slew all the priests of the high places that were there upon the altars and burned men's bones upon them, and he returned to Jerusalem. He killed the priests who were conducting the pagan rites. If he doesn't kill them, it won't cleanse the land and it will cause paganism to continue to spread because their occupation was spreading paganism. 21. And the king commanded all the people, saying, Keep the Passover unto the Lord your God, as it is written in this book of the covenant. Evidently, they hadn't been keeping the Passover, because they didn't know about it until Josiah found the book of the law that was hidden. 22. For there was not kept such a Passover from the days of the judges that judged Israel, nor in all the days of the kings of Israel, nor of the kings of Judah. 23. But in the eighteenth year of King Josiah was this Passover kept to the Lord in Jerusalem. The Passover wasn't kept before because the people didn't know about it, because the book of the law was hidden, because of the previous kings practicing paganism and not caring to uncover that book and read it. But in the 18th year of Josiah's reign, they had a massive Passover, kind of to somewhat make up for all the ones that they had missed. 24 Moreover, them that divined by a ghost or a familiar spirit, meaning those fortune-tellers who used demons to give them information, and the teraphim, and the idols, and all the detestable things that were spied in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem, did Josiah put away that he might confirm the words of the law which were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. He exiled anybody practicing witchcraft." 25. And like unto him was there no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart, and with all his soul, and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, neither after him arose there any like him. He was even more zealous to follow the law than King David was. Of course, in King David's time, they took for granted that they should be following the law, but Josiah was the ringleader of following the law in his own time. 26 Notwithstanding, the Lord turned not from the fierceness of his great wrath, wherewith his anger was kindled against Judah, because of all the provocations wherewith Manasseh had provoked him. 27 And the Lord said, I will remove Judah also out of my sight, as I have removed Israel, and I will cast off this city which I have chosen, even Jerusalem, and the house of which I said, My name shall be there. God is only casting Jerusalem off temporarily. Jerusalem will come back. A couple of times in the Bible, most notably in the book of Revelation, when Jesus sets up his millennial kingdom in Jerusalem for a thousand years, and that is in the future. Even though the Lord, I'm sure, was very pleased with Josiah turning to him, he still wanted to punish Israel for what Manasseh had done. 28 Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? 29. In his days Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went up against the king of Assyria to the river Euphrates, and king Josiah went against him, and he slew him at Megiddo when he had seen him. Pharaoh Necho killed Josiah when Josiah went to battle against him. The Bible doesn't say that Josiah asked first. Even though he was a man who loved God, he didn't ask God before he went to battle. And that was a big mistake. As we've seen consistently in the Old Testament so far, whenever somebody doesn't ask God before they fight, they usually fell. Josiah was killed in that battle. 30. And his servants carried him in a chariot dead from Megadu, and brought him to Jerusalem, and buried him in his own sepulcher. And the people of the land took Jehoahaz, son of Josiah, and anointed him, and made him king in his father's stead. Jehoahaz is the nineteenth king of Judah. 31. Jehoahaz was twenty and three years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. This is not the same Jeremiah that wrote the book of Jeremiah. That's going to be an entirely different person. This daughter didn't raise her son right, and he only reigned for a very short time because he was very evil. 32, and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. 33, and Pharaoh Necho put him in bands at Ribna in the land of Hamath. Pharaoh Necho captured him. Pharaoh Necho had already killed his father, Josiah, and now he's captured the son Jehoahaz, that he might not reign in Jerusalem, and put the land to a fine of a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. Pharaoh Necho is now charging a tax on Jerusalem, and he has control of Jerusalem. 34. And Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim, the son of Josiah, king in the room of Josiah his father, and changed his name to Jehoiakim, but he took Jehoahaz away, and he came to Egypt and died there. Pharaoh Necho must have found that Jehoiakim was a better stooge than Jehoahaz, so he deposed Jehoahaz and put his brother in his place, because Pharaoh Necho could control his brother better. 35. And Jehoiakim gave the silver and the gold to Pharaoh, of course. But he taxed the land to give the money according to the commandment of Pharaoh. He exacted the silver and the gold of the people of the land, of everyone according to his taxation to give it unto Pharaoh Necho. Jehoiakim is a yes man, he just does whatever Pharaoh tells him to. He doesn't realize he's an Israelite and he's supposed to be obeying the Lord. 36. And Jehoiakim was twenty and five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eleven years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Zebudah, the daughter of Pediah of Rumah. 37. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. Jehoiakim is the twentieth king of Judah, and he also is an evil king. We have a trend going now where most of the kings of Judah are evil. And that concludes Second Kings chapter 23.